everyone and welcome to Writers Drinking Coffee. This is a podcast based on writers sitting around drinking coffee and or spirits and talking about anything and everything. We may use explicit language and will almost certainly drop F-bombs, but none of that is the point of the drive of the content, so consider us PG-13. There will be rants and raves and occasional readings. There will be conflicting creative advice driven by at least three utterly disparate points of view. Your hosts today are Chaz Brenchley, John Schmidt, and myself, Jeannie Warner. This is Episode 8, Writer Groups and Editing. We have today a special guest of Karen Brenchley, who is not coincidentally the wife of Chaz Brenchley. <laughs> say hi to the audience there, Karen. Hello, everybody. They say hi back. hi back. We're going to start in talking about uh, why do you need writing groups? How can writing groups help you? And uh, to start open this, I wanted to have a little bit of a story of where I first met Karen, who I knew long before Chaz, and it's John's fault. (laughs) I happened to be visiting my friend John in the Bay Area, trying to figure out how I could move here because it was sunny. And he said, I'm going to a writing group, a sit down with this one of my oldest, dearest friends named Karen. Wonderful, I said. And I sat down there and watched as they incomprehensibly looked at these pieces of paper and, and talked about things that I hadn't yet read in a sort of way, and I drank. Was it just the two of them? It was, at that time, just the two of them. Okay, so it was a whitest group of two. It, it had been larger previously, but, but you due to circumstances, the weak and the foolish dropped out and left right. only the strong and the wise, which would be Karen, yeah. and the drinking, which was me. <laughs> exactly, and uh, it sort of fell down that Karen then invited me to join her other writing group. So uh, tell me about, tell everybody about the flying cars. So the flying cars, a long time ago, um, my good friend, Catherine Carr, and I hope you have all read her Devery series because it's fabulous, said, hey, my husband has written a story and, and I want to get more people involved to give him feedback. Why don't we join, start a writing group? And I said, sure. And then we invited other people like Madeline Robbins, who writes very well. And um, I've suddenly gone blank on everybody else and I forgive them. Or forgive me. Huh? You, you, in, you invited a number of excellent writers. The, the, the scene has changed a bit since then. So you, you can't, you don't want to slight any of the originals or any of the new ones. And, and I, have, I, I believe in one of the early episodes, I linked to everybody. So if you go back and look at our early liner notes, you'll see... People like Cliff Winnigs and mm-hmm. Denise uh, Tanaka and uh, Nancy Jane Moore and other great writers that have gone through Mark Pentoha. Everybody that I could find a web page for, I put it in there. So great stuff. But why does one need a writing group? What what were the what are the goals that you might want to consider? So wasn't your first goal inadvertent? I mean, the best thing you got out of a writers group was your marriage. I thought. Didn't you meet Chaz <laughs> in a writing group? No. No, she met, she met me in SFO at the airport. No, so what? So writing groups. So this is this is kind of. So I joined I joined a writing group, which I recommend to everybody because it takes place in Wales. And if you look out the window of the critique group room, you see Mount Snowden, and this is called Milford, Milford SF. 
And Milford started out in Milford, Pennsylvania, and it's a storied writer group that's been around for decades, but it's moved, uh, it's moved to Wales, which again, Mount Snowden. And I encountered many, many very good British writers in this group. Uh, the, the requirement for entry is you must be, you must have sold something. Okay. And so, um, I met Carrie Sparing, who I recommend her novel, uh, um, Living with Ghosts. Uh, I like that one. That's good. It's a very good one. And she had just finished it. And she wanted to come um, to Worldcon and to uh, the World Fantasy Convention to uh, to tell people about it, you know, quietly in her quiet British way, the way British people brag. Hello. And so... Um, and <laughs> He's so, right here. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Sorry. Sorry, darling. Anyway, and so she couldn't come to, um, she, she couldn't, she didn't think she could afford to come to World Fantasy. And I said, it's in San Jose. It's down the road. Why don't you come stay with me? And she said, can I bring a traveling companion? And, and yes, dear reader, I married him. <laughs> so, so you didn't actually meet at Milford. You met in San Jose from someone mm-hmm. from Milford. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm sorry. I had that part of the mythology wrong. But it's also important from my point of view to note that you, Karen, are a juncture and a starter of things. Because you say, like British writers are, most of us don't actually know British writers until you write There are a lot of people that do not, in fact, have the great joy of knowing a British writer. It's kind of like saying, oh, you just go to a science fiction reading in San Francisco, which didn't exist until, until you, you got, it, got it going. Well, so, well, the thing is, okay, I grew up in Pocatello, Idaho. Quick, go Google that. You'll say, wow, it's gone up to... Nobody's going to Google Pocatello. <laughs> 54,000 people now in the middle of nowhere. So anyway, I was just there last week. So um, And so I had to work at finding other writers. Also, science fiction and fantasy writers. In my, in my college, I went to Mount Holyoke College. B- brilliant ri- uh, writing teachers hate science fiction and fantasy. And one of my classmates went on to win... The, the MacArthur Genius Prize, the an Obie Award, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I was not the best one in the class. There, there is some interesting discussion out there, not to waylay this too far, but on the topic of, well, there's science fiction, fantasy, and then there's, and if, let me see if I can say this with a Connecticut Bridgeport, literature. Yes. Yes. And um, the assumption a... is that something cannot be both yes. a space opera and literature. Yes. Um, I, I um... think they're full of it. Um, 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 there is a little poem about this. Is there? Yes, there is. The only question is whether I'm actually going to be able to remember it. Um, keep talking among yourselves. Okay. But, so, there's, you know, trot upon one side versus the other. Whether you like it or not, the writing mechanics are basically sitting down and telling a story. And we've, we've argued many things like you can tell a cowboy story like John is telling, in space, you have cowboys in space, you have cowboys on moons, you have cowboys in history, you can have cowboys in horror films, you can have... You can have Pocatello, Idaho in in fantasy, okay? You can have... Uh, Laura Ann Gilman did a really rich um, a fantasy set in the Old West, okay, that, that was in um, Wyoming and, and Colorado and those kinds of places... Uh, set in um, the 1800s, for example. You can actually have the United States of America, 1800s, in a fantasy novel. Of course you can. It's you can steampunk, also, if you wish. Yeah, but, oh, but, it's, but it's also, it's, it's okay. literature just like any other literature that you write about anything. 
I think um, I think it, so. I enjoy Harry Turtle Dove's historic alternatives. I, I'm going to say that we're veering deep into another topic. Yes, well, that is true. But the, the joy about that, I was just thinking, is that if we veer away completely from the topic of record, then we have to get Karen back for another week. Mm-hmm. No, we want Karen back for another week anyway. Well, but I, I want to tap <laughs> her knowledge now. Well, so, okay. I'm Let sorry, me... I can't remember my poem. We're so, gonna we're gonna tap Karen so here. Obviously, we're going to need to come back Precisely to your poem. Precisely the point. So anyway, the um the point is, when, when I was growing up, I pretty much wrote by myself. Okay, I wrote badly by myself, but I wrote by myself. Um, I took classes. That was kind of the starter point, and that and and learned at least to write better. Okay, um, but I didn't start actually meeting other science fiction writers and discussing science fiction writers until even, I mean, I even attended, I attended science fiction conventions, but the internet came along and this is before, this is before web pages and, and that kind of thing. This is way back in the, the, you know, groups um, where you would send a a post to a, to a, a topic in a group. For example, there was Genie that General Electric came up with G E Big letters, N-I-E, isn't that clever? So George R. R. Martin was on there, okay? And he he would ask questions of the people who belonged to his group, like, what do you think would be a really good thing to have in, oh, a heroic fantasy series? I mean, pretty much that's where Game of Thrones came from, if you go back there and look. So, um, and so you start meeting people that way and then run into them at conventions, that kind of thing. And you grow, you start growing a group. Okay. Now, um, so now you have friends, but the next step is, and, and I, I submitted things to science fiction magazines and you can see my pile of rejections of which, you know, of course they're all ty- entirely we all wrong. have a pile of rejections. My <laughs> stories were brilliant. Genie stories are even more brilliant. Everything's brilliant. But anyway, um, but it wasn't, there, there, and in fact, the reason I sold my first story, and I actually, you know, it was a, an actually a professional sale, was because I belonged to a group on on uh, I, don't, I don't even remember what what it's called these days. It, it's so old, but it, it's it's like a comment section of a of any sort of web page. Only it's forum? just that a forum. Yeah, it's it's a like it's a, a forum. Reddit or a yeah, it's a forum. Thing. It's it's a forum. Um, uh, but it happened to be, um, it was one particular writer's forum and her, her personal friends, uh, were, and anyone else who wanted to would post in this forum and I had met her and I liked her. And so, uh, and so I, um, I was there and Liz Williams, who, so at the time before I was a Brinchley, I was a Williams cause you know, Karen Williams is not the most common name. Um, Bob Williams is. But uh, but she was on there, and I liked her stuff, and, and she was very interesting. And she said, well, I'm going to do an anthology. It's going to be called Fabulous Whitby, and it's going to stories must take place in Whitby. And anyone in this group is allowed to submit to it. And she gave us the, the Bible for what she wanted. And I said, I'm in this group. And so I submitted it, and she bought it. And, and How do you actually be to Whitby at that time? I tried. I tried. It's not easy, I grant you. Well, what, what is Whitby? Whitby? Whitby is a place on the northeast coast of England, and it is not 
on the main railway line and it is not on any major road um and it is actually quite hard to get to um, is it famous for goths it's famous for goths because Goth it's yes. yeah it's it's famous because it's the place where dracula came to shore yes Take um, the last train to Whitby, and yeah. I'll meet you at the station. I've never heard of Whitby, so I'm kind of staring okay, them no, off like no, okay. no, it's, it's I mean, it's, it's a lovely little fishing town. It's got this magnificent abbey up on the cliff. Um, and, and it did have the magnificent abbey that Hild, the famous Hild. Yes, the famous Hild, Saint Hild. Saint Hild was um, was in charge of, and in fact, all of these the things you're mentioning. Dracula was in my story. It was Goth Weekend. It was an American family who happened, who wanted to go to Cultural Weekend and got and ended up on Goth Weekend. And you know, they, there's all these little interesting pieces and stuff, just like any any yes. English um, town has. I used to have a pet goth whom I met in Whitby, um, but that's another story. You're not so, your own pet goth. <laughs> I am never my own it's pet not goth. A goth. I've it's only not, I've once seen goth. him out of black t-shirts. Anyway, so there you are. You have the buy-in methods. How does somebody get into a writing group of their own for free? Meetup.com. Awesome. So, I mean, I don't know that there's that many in Pocatello, but there, there's, okay, there's two ways. There's meetup.com, which is great for the San Francisco Bay Area, but there's also um, for smaller areas where, where that's not as, um, as useful. Try your public library. Okay. I was try, say. try a coffee shop. Okay. Everyone goes to coffee shops. Doesn't buy coffee. Yeah. Ooh, Nano It's own little um, writing yes, it group. Yes, Nano will happen anywhere. Yes. Facebook. Get some Facebook friends together. I was going to say we we tried something interesting when my friend uh, Leonie moved off to Australia, and I want points for calling her Leonie. Um, I noticed that. And we had a friend Peter back in Colorado, and all of us used Google Docs to put our stories up for each other. Right. And then download them and then critique them and decide, you know, how to help each other. The, but the, you already knew each other. You had the main... We, we at least had the already know each other, but I don't know. I have this, this weird start feeling that alike people cling to alike people. So not knowing that how many people I know wanted to write, I now have discovered everybody out there is out writing something. I, I looked at a children's book today by Alice Hahn, who I play hockey with. Uh, she also wrote a, a erotic choose-your-own-adventure book that I thought was fantastic. Does it have hockey in it? <laughs> it does not. It's like skiing, oh. but it was like the, of course, choose-your-own-erotic-adventure. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> do, do you go off with that sporting young pool man, or do you chase after that gentleman who you poured at the bar? I mean, it's, it's a... This is porn for the age of consent. Yes! <laughs> anyway, sorry, um, Alice. Moving on. Any, well, but but yeah, that's... Link I, in the comments, I must know. <laughs> you're talking about people you already know. Yeah. How do you get them? This is where meetup.com comes in handy. So what is meetup.com? Well, I'm you go to meetup.com. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I can I'm, do I'm that going bit. to tell you. I'm about Excellent. to tell you. Go. So meetup.com, you go there. You say, there's a little search box. You say... Um, science fiction writers. It'll give you science fiction writers in the in the Sunnyvale area, and like six or seven groups pop up, and they have they have the list of um, you know the description of exactly what we mean, what we're talking about, and then you can say, okay, I want to meet up with some of you. You pick a spot, you go there. I'm going to meet up at this coffee spot. I want to go meet up at whatever, and the people say, oh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go or not, um, but it's a way to to meet to meet mm. 
you, you don't know them. Sure, okay, but they are, just, you so, know they're like-minded. Yes, you know they're and, like-minded. And it allows and, you to do time and place and organize a face-to-face right. -face and move to the next In public, in public, which yes. means if you get there and they and you don't want to write, um, you know, hockey porn with um, werewolves, then you don't have to. <gasps> Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Uh, <laughs> I, I accidentally once discovered that on Amazon you can, like, Google tentacle porn and then, oh, dear uh, God. Uh, Anyway, that's the PG-13 person. I, of course, would not recommend that to anyone to go Google that sort of thing. But when it comes down to it, there still starts to be then a mechanics thing of saying, all right, you've given me your story. You have bled out onto the pages and you are showing me your children. And the worst thing about it is sometimes is what if your partner read it and said, oh, my gosh, that's the best thing ever. How do you critique? So my partner... <laughs> Says that's very nice, dear. No matter what I show him, okay. Everything she shows me is very nice. Yes. In my own defense, but yes. no, I, I, <laughs> I have a long history of not doing this. Um, I don't. Um, I don't belong to writers' groups. I don't belong to critique groups. I tried with Karen's critiquing group, and I flunked out rapidly. Um, I, I do not get that. I mean, look, I am, I am, I am. I like to say I am the last generation for whom writing really is a lonely business. Um, I do it by myself in my room, and and the f well, it used to be, until I got married. It used to be that the first person who saw my stuff was my agent, and the second was my editor. And before I had agent and editor in place, I never met another writer ever. Um, not, not even at the Lytton Phil, a place. I, I did not go to the Lytton Phil till after I was a professional published writer. But you were like eighteen when you were a professional. Exactly publisher. my point. Okay. Uh, we don't hate him for that at all. I had an agent when I was twenty-one. That um, either. <laughs> so anyway, so so but, what but do you do? I, I, what do you do when yeah. you do, in fact, have other people around who can who who are like, yes, I want. To give you feedback on your story in exchange for feedback on my story. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I can tell you this. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought, you, I thought that was a question. <laughs> no, so I can tell is. you it's this. It's a rhetorical question. It's a rhetorical question. Right. Okay. Because so one of the, I'm actually on the board of this group. It's the the Milford, um, you know, the, the Milford board, which started in Milford, Pennsylvania. Did I mention this before? Yeah. Yes. Let's okay. Go I'm sorry. I, I, <laughs> That's I, okay. I'm, I'm drinking too much water here, but um. So anyway, I'm on the board of this, and um, there's something, every critique group, if you go to Clarion, which I can tell you about later, or, or Viable Paradise or anything, they use the Milford way of critiquing, which is there's a person with a timer, okay? And everybody gets to go around and give their impression of your story, and they get two minutes or something. And there's a timer, and there's it'll go ding and say stop if you, if you go over. And you're supposed to... Try. You're not supposed to sneer at it. You're not supposed to say you suck. You're not supposed to say anything. It, it, you, you, it's a, the idea is you're going to positively help the person write their best story, not the story you would write, but their best story. And you go around and do that for the whole group, and then the person gets a right of reply, and they also have a timer. Okay, and you do this, and um, it works fairly well. Um, the, you know, because the first time, the first time I did it, I'm surrounded by writers um who i'd read some of their work okay and you know the red and and i'm like am i going to have the worst story here no i was somewhere in the middle i never had the best story but anyway 
that tends to work really well. Um, I have heard. So the the other th the other place I mentioned, Clarion, in science fiction, is well known. It's more of a co combination writing, teaching, critiquing, because everybody critiques everybody's stories. But it, it's six weeks long. You live there. It's like going to going to summer school. But you have a real professional writer who's done it for some time, who has stacks of books that you can read. And people there will be scathing. Okay. They will be horrible. They will. In fact, there's a, a famous, even the teachers will be, there's a, a famous. Um, I, I can go back to college to find people to be miserable to me for six well, weeks. I can, go, well, I can go back to summer school. Well, but the, Harlan Ellison was a teacher and everyone's heard Still Harlan's Still not stories. selling it for me. I know. He died. So anyway, Harlan Ellison was just eviscerated this poor woman's story. And, and she went home and said, and said, and wrote on a piece of paper and stuck it on her wall. Fuck you, Harlan Ellison. Hey. And, um, and then, and he, she came in the, the next day and handed him her story. And he said, Oh, can I buy this for again? Dangerous visions. So these things happen, you know, these things happen. It's, it's hard to open up and embrace criticism though. I mean, I, yeah. I found that sometimes there are people that think, oh my God, it's like you're, you're criticizing my children and telling me my children are ugly. I'm okay with doing that. Although I found that sometimes the very people that say that are the very people that are willing to tell you that your children are ugly. Exactly. I will tell them your children are ugly and behaving badly, but that's just me. So one of the things that happened, two quick stories here, in summer school is that in order to allow critiques to work, and this is in, I, for those who don't know, I just taught a session of summer school. Uh, this is in the sixth grade American Milieu, 12 and 13 year olds. You, you purposely created a safe space of which the major phrase was, don't yuck their yum. What? Don't, what I can see that. Don't yuck their yum. Don't be negative about what someone else finds exciting. Okay. If you're a jock, don't tell the, the, the poor girl who some teacher handed five verse Laverne stories that they're all horrible. Right. Especially when the teacher is the biggest person on the whole campus. But that's so, a different story. I'm the biggest Ursula Vernon fan. It's the greatest. How'd you guess? Let people like things. Let you people know, like as things. You say. Yeah. yeah. I, I love like that things. meme. To, to yeah. change it slightly, another way to create this, that was very intentional. And there were a number of talking through exercises to get everyone on the same page. Is when you and I were in that early writers group, we worked through a book of exercises, mm -hmm. Ursula Le Guin's Steering the Craft. Uh -huh which did have slowly, as you went through them, introduced critiquing each other in a relatively positive way without having to say, be nice. And I do remember one of the reasons why you and I were the last ones left is because certain members of the group couldn't take any criticism. Sure. And, you know, you got to separate your writing a bit from yourself, hard as it may be. That's... That's hard anywhere in life, though. I mean, I, how many of us have ever had any other kind of job where you say, I think that's a terrible idea, and the other piece, person seems to react, why do you hate me? Sure. Like, I, I don't. I just think this particular idea right here is terrible. Um. Yeah, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I wonder if my own antipathy to critiquing groups is exactly that you know i mean i've been doing this job 40 years and i still haven't cracked that thing about being criticized I especially face to face i don't know there was there was a beautiful moment where i was reading Chaz's book the garden which is this wonderful you know horrible thing and 
I, I know it's, we can all go into little rhapsodies. It's, it's wonderful. And it's horrible. It's horrible, but it's wonderful. And I had recently been told that for my characters, I need to open up more. I need to let people in. And I was reading Chaz's book and I walked into this delightful bean scene and said, Chaz, this is so weird. It's like you have somebody sitting on your shoulder, second guessing everything you do and you say and considering if you should have said it a different way and, and it doesn't work and they're filled with self-doubt and wondering. And he was staring up at me, not, not like head in the hands like he is now, but with this expression of dawning horror. He's like, oh, dear God, it's almost like you don't have anybody on your shoulder second guessing. So, so in there I sort of realized... I think I need a little bit of Chaz in my characters. My, when my characters need that self-doubt, it needs to be more manifest so that we can all relate to them. As opposed to the, there have been, I, I don't relate well to the old, we were talking Raymond Chandler the other day, hmm. the hard-bitten, I doubt nothing, I just going to do what I do, and no sentences longer than 10 words yes. unless it's talking about a woman. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I don't get that either. So... Well, and yet that's a that's a some people like that. They that's do. why it's a, a genre that's been around for a while. I, but I think that we we can do better. I mean, even 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 doing seeing parodies or even trying to put Raymond Chandler in space mm-hmm. kind of thing. But going back to what we were saying before, you can do that. But um, I, I recently read um, Aliette de Baudard's. I think she won a Nebula. Um, her uh, team master and the detective. And it's, it's a consulting detective consulting with an artificial intelligence mind, which was which had a human body, and it's a spaceship, and so it's not Sherlock Holmes in space, but it's doing some things that we are familiar with. In in a in a new environment, mm-hmm. it is. and she did a very good job, which is probably why she won the Nebula. And it can be, and I understand it can be tricky to critique on a genre that you don't really normally read. And that was actually one of the things I liked about the flying cars is we had different genres. We had Mark uh, Pantoja wrote about brilliant little twisted psychopaths. Yes. And like, I love this little psychopath because yes, everything in his upbringing and his family is terrible and everything is terrible. And you can see how he's a creative person that's turned in on himself except for then he had the character do something that for me was inappropriate. And I'm like, wait, you made me fall out of love with your psychopath here because I'm willing to be seduced by anything from a romance novel to a zombie. But (laughs) So one of the key phrases we used at Milford is, I'm not the target audience. And then if if you keep that in mind, I'm not the target audience, sometimes I'm not the target audience and I'm swept along like Mark's stuff. I would not normally have read that, but Mark just is brilliant, zooms along. And I do remember the point where it's like you get kind of thrown out, but if you go in and it's like, I don't like silky unicorns, blah, 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 whatever. I don't like blood splattered on the ground and everything really don't gross. Like um, but anyway, the uh, hockey porn, Hockey, well, hockey porn. Who can't love hockey porn? Werewolf hockey porn. Werewolf hockey with porn. tentacles. With tentacles. Well, a- actually, yeah. I was going to tell you guys that there is uh, supernatural werewolf hockey uh, stories out there. So we're not surprised. When did you publish them? <laughs> it wasn't me. It wasn't. Rule I think thirty-four it was... applies. <laughs> I don't think it means she has to do all the work. It, 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 rule thirty-four is a 
it exists, not yeah. that she brought it into the world. It doesn't, but but there's the truth. I think you can fall a little bit in love with somebody else, but you have to love your own genre. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have to love your own work, and you even have to love your own villains. And I'm suddenly enchanted by the notion that Rule 34 exists as this all-powerful force, and one person is obliged to provide the pornography for whatever... <laughs> And now you understand why we have not died off yet. There's still There's the still, AI, the singularity is still fascinated. Yeah. Once we got to people playing electric guitars in showers, they were like, oh my God, I don't have to kill them off. I <laughs> see what they do. Off. They'll They're kill gonna, themselves off. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to die. Yeah. So, so I suppose all of these are really good tools. You have, you know, I, I like the idea of being able to get away from your normal life and go you know, I want to run away and be a writer for six weeks, but there are barriers to that entry yes, for yes. a lot of people. So it's yeah. expensive. So and it costs your job. Yeah. <laughs> so so meetups are good ways. Uh, groups sitting down. Then said, just find a whole bunch of your friends. Ask them, have you ever wanted to be a writer? Do you want to? You know, will you look at mine and then ask for the kind of critiquing you want, because. Sometimes, like for, for Chaz, I did one set, and he's work, He's helping me out right now of, I need this to be believably set in England, and I've only been there once. So help me if there's a phrase that I said wrong or something that isn't for my exhaustive research or that kind of thing. That's That really seems to be the hint of it, of just making sure that, does it flow right? Did I give enough clues? You know, Or I need line edits. Because sometimes people just really do need line edits. Uh, yeah. Well, and the thing about so Chaz and I joke that we translate words and and phrases and pronunciations back and forth because the because I speak English because he speaks he speaks English and he doesn't speak Jordy he speaks you know he speaks the. The English spoken in Oxford. You speak Cabernet, sir. There's no other oh. language for it. <laughs> oh, that's the sweetest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> but you were saying. No, but anyway, but that that's to your point. It's that um, that sometimes you do need line evidence. I've been to England many, many times, both before and after I met Chaz, and, you know, had English friends, oddly enough. And um, and they they know. They have it down to a science. They I I... One of them wrote a radio play for Milford, and he, and the the character was described as from Manchester, from Birmingham, not Birmingham, Birmingham, um, things like that. And they knew they they are so, they know what a person from Manchester is like. But I mean, you still have to describe it for the American reading exactly. the book. Yes, like if you're gonna say something, oh, he's like a San Francisco Marina douche. If you're from San Francisco, you might know what that means. Yes. From California, well, Northern no, California. No, because I had no idea in the world, and I've lived in the South Bay for a while. But yeah. that's what I mean by that extra set yeah. of eyes to sometimes exactly. challenge you. Sure. Exactly, because because everybody knew, and I was like, I didn't know. Yeah. Well, anyway, we will try to put links to the interesting things that we mentioned in the website, which is www.writersdrinkingcoffee.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. You've been listening to Writers Drinking Coffee, a labor of love and enthusiasm put together by the hosts. Our main web support magic is brought to you by Deirdre McGaffey Schween, and our sound engineer and backup web spider is David Welsh. Our intro music is Pretty Maid Milking a Cow, and the exit music is Breakfast with a Morning Person, both by Michael Engberg. You can hear more from Michael Engberg on his site web, Many Hats Music. 
Today's sponsor was Too Much Stinky Cheese. Again, we've given up on Balls Out. (laughs) 